Try the grey stuff, it's delicious, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Beauty and the Beast Week here on We Read the Book. I'm Adam Heap, and I'm excited to welcome back our friend Bronwyn Hughes. Welcome back, Bronwyn. Uh, so, we're talking about Beauty and the Beast this week. Obviously, that's the uh, brand new 2017 Disney film. It's only just been released in cinemas. So, our question of the week. In Beauty and the Beast, the servants of the prince are turned into household objects as a part of the Enchantress's curse. So, if the movie had taken place in modern times, what piece of technology would you have any of the servants turned into, Bronwyn? Probably like a PlayStation or an Xbox. Like oh, a gaming console. Like I didn't even think of that. Constantly have someone to play with. Then you get really good effects with that too. Like you get them like playing like little respond. Like it, it could be one of those characters that kind of because you know what, what's the name of the the uh, footstool that's the dog. Uh, um, oh, I can't remember no his idea. name. Uh, but like you could have it one of those characters that doesn't talk but like responds with like video game yeah. quotes and stuff like that. That'd be really cool. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I would go with a toaster. Because I would just like to see like a talking toaster. I've never seen that little film. I always remember that like my local video shop had this film. It was like a, an animated film about the. It was like a little toaster that could or something like that. Okay. But I do not remember what it was about or anything. But I would just like to see a, a cool animated toaster. Hmm. They do really well with all the like the animation of the furniture and stuff. In it. It's yeah. like I really like what they do um, with all that, like making them seem very personable. So that was cool. Yeah. So, Beauty and the Beast, uh, we'll take a vote first off. So, we are going with, as we've just said, the 2017 uh, music film directed by Bill Condon and obviously Disney. This is an adaptation of their own adaptation, which was formerly a cartoon, of the 1740 fairy tale by Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly <laughs> somewhere along the line. Uh, and that was also then done into a 1756 fairy tale by someone else from France. So I think we between us, we've read both. Yeah. Uh, but we'll go with the 1700s fairy tale and the 2017 musical film. What is your preference? The film. Yep. Yeah. Nothing happens in the book. <laughs> That's a fair point. I think we were talking beforehand, we are both really surprised that it's so short. It's like, because mm. we, you know, a lot of the time we pull out big books on this and and we, we spend good two weeks or so getting through them before the podcast. And then this one, I pulled it out, I downloaded it on iTunes. And I was like, oh, 15 pages. It's so short. Yeah, it's so short. And, like, there's zero conflict. Yeah. I mean, I guess Belle being, like, taken by the beast is conflict. But he just lets her go. So, where's yeah, yeah. the conflict? Well, the whole thing, like, apparently, I, I don't know if you read this when doing any of your research or anything. But apparently, like, the the book was written as, like, preparation for arranged girls going into arranged marriages. Yeah. I was like... Oh, Ooh. that's kind of terrible. Yeah. So there's a, a bit of history with this one. But uh, yeah, I think I'm also obviously voting for the movie. It's far more interesting. There's a lot more going for it. And the characters have personality and are just kind of cardboard cutouts. Yeah. So, I mean, we're voting for it because it's not a manual. <laughs> yes. So uh, the question is then, is it a good adaptation of that original fairy tale? It's quite different. Mm. It's added a lot and taken oh. out like... Belle had, like, six siblings, and that's not in there anymore. So you get less of her backstory and more of Beast. Yeah, yeah, and, like, he's very he's a much more interesting character in this, obviously, yeah. than just kind of the... Again, they're all they're all just cardboard. There's, yeah. there's, it's it's night and day difference between what we have here in the film and and what was written back then. Yeah, they've taken it, done a very good job of taking so little and making it into something so big. Mm. And it suits a musical, too, yeah. I think, as well. Like, I mean, all, all of Disney's films back then were musicals. Mm. Uh, but what they're doing now and bringing back their kind of golden age yeah. films uh, is is really impressive. Yeah. 
I mean, I, um, again, I'm on the same team. I think it's a pretty good adaptation. Uh, it, it takes the original and makes it better. Yeah. You can't really ask for much more than that. Uh, you know, it doesn't ruin the source material or anything. Like, uh, they, they change the name from Beauty to Belle. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, they, they do that with all the characters. They all have names and personalities, and that's yeah. fine. And I think the best thing about it is they add in the servants. Yes. Uh, I'm sure we will talk a lot about uh, as we go into our discussion of things that aren't plot. So we'll start with casting. Uh, Emma Watson as Belle. Um, what did you think? She was great. Yeah. Like, perfect bookworm, perfect person trying to like escape their current like situation. Yeah, anyone who's watched Harry Potter will, will be like, oh yeah, bookworm, Emma Watson, yeah. Hermione, same sort of uh, mould of character. She plays, I think, especially for someone who is so involved in, in you know, uh, pro-feminism movements mm-hmm. and stuff like that, Emma Watson really suits kind of that one of the first Disney princesses to be able to say no and is firm in what she yeah. believes. Uh, and, and so I really appreciate her, her take on the character. I think she, she suits it pretty well. I mean, there was, there's been a lot of controversy about this film in, you know, because it is, there, we have to acknowledge there is that whole Stockholm Syndrome thing. Is this yeah. really a romance? Can you fall in love with someone who is keeping you prisoner? But, uh, I mean, Emma Watson says she did her research and believed that this didn't kind of fit that mould. So, you know, yeah. if that's what she believes, then she's more than welcome to take the role and, and she does a good job with it. Yeah. Uh, and opposite her as the Beast is Dan Stevens. I know almost nothing about Dan Stevens. I am, like, so I know he was in Downton Abbey. If I haven't watched him in that, and I know he was very chubby in Downton Abbey. There's yeah. two things I know about him in Downton Abbey. <laughs> he has a face that, like, I, I, I was, that now that you've yeah. said that, I can be like, yeah, I can see that he was on Downton Abbey. Yeah. But I've been kind of, like, following his career since he was in this movie called The Guest, where he's kind of, like, a Terminator to a description. Like, so I think he was really good. It's good to see that he's kind of, yeah, his career is moving forward. Yeah. Um, I know he's currently in Legion. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've I've been meaning to watch that. Yeah. So that's uh, he's not the main character, though, right? He's the main. Oh, character. Oh, he's the yeah. main character. Okay, wow. So, so he's, he's definitely moving yeah, up in the world. Going, then. Boom. And cool. Yeah, well, I mean, being in a, a big budget Disney film was yeah. definitely a, a surefire way to throw you up mm. the uh, the corporate ladder. Yeah, and considering like for most of the movie, the only thing we see of him is his eyes. He does yeah, I was about to mention. Like, I mean, it's a, you've got to have a good actor to be able to yeah. portray a lot of that feeling and emotion from behind a mask. Yeah, and behind that CGI, I uh, don't know exactly how much it was CGI and what was makeup when he was acting and stuff like that. But it's he's very, very. Yeah. Uh, he, he emotes well with his voice as well. Yeah. I think. I, I mean, we should caveat that with the fact that he is not the one singing. Yeah. Uh, he is. There is a stand-in for his singing voice. I but think he was singing. Uh, but he's nonetheless very talented yes. in that role, and really appreciate that. Mm. Uh, then, as Gaston, the villain of the piece, is Luke Evans. Yeah. Oh man, he suits this perfectly. Yeah, he does. I was talking with um, the person I saw it with, who like Gaston, like the fact he's so in love with himself, but everyone's so in love with him. Like he is handsome, but he's not like that handsome. No. But it works well for like he's in a small town, so it's the best they've got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and he is like they they I'm, I'm sure they went to great care to make sure that no one in the town kind of yeah. looks anywhere close to as good as him. Mm. Uh, so by comparison, he appears much, much more handsome. But yeah. uh, but he he gets that arrogance really well. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's very, he's, yeah, I really enjoyed him. One of my favourite beats in the movie is where he's talking to the mirror about life. Yes, <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good comedic timing yeah. as well. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. So we have alongside him is Josh Gad as LeFou. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was interesting casting. Obviously, they've chosen to play... They've said LeFou is openly gay, 
which they do portray in the film. There are little hints at it. Alright, so get, I, I read when I was reading this up that he's da- at the end dance, or at the conclusion of it all, yeah. and he's dancing with another man. Yes. I thought, when I looked at that, because I was expecting, I thought he was dancing with a woman, but I couldn't, my, no, it might have been my eyes deceiving me. He's dancing with a woman for a second, and then you get a small, small beat where he's dancing with another man. Okay, alright. And it's the man that when they're um, fighting the wardrobe, you know, when they get all the dresses put on them, yes. it's the man that is happy in the dress. Oh, yeah, okay, alright, that's fair, yeah, I, I remember that, uh, I remember that happening. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I, uh, I, I like that then. Um, and Josh Gad, very funny. Yeah. I mean, he's well known for being a good comedy actor and, uh, and he suits. Disney have so much money, they can cast whoever they want. Yeah. And find it hard to go wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it was him singing though in, uh, in the Gaston song. I think so. Um, cause he was really good. What else was he? He was in another Disney film, wasn't he? Uh, he's, is he not Olaf? Oh, yeah. In, in Frozen? Yeah. It's so, and he sung in that, yeah. obviously, although it's more of a speak-sing song. Yeah. But, yeah, um, he's, he's clearly making his way in the world as well. Yeah. Uh, and then as crazy old Maurice, we have Kevin Klein. Hmm. I, I was looking for this. I mean, I don't know a lot about Kevin Klein no. other than I recognize the name because he's obviously been around and yeah. a ton of stuff. Uh, but he was fine in this. I think hmm. he, he comes across very warmly on yeah. screen. Even more so, perhaps, than the previous animated version. Yeah. And he plays, like, the slight outcast quite well. Yeah, yeah. Ewan McGregor as Lumiere. For me, he's the sh- he's, he steals the show. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. I um, I love the way that they animated him, yeah. personally. I was like, it was unexpected, because I was expecting... I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. When you see Cogsworth yeah. uh, and the way they've animated him, obviously, it's, it's, very, it's very similar to the animated film. Mm. Most of my experience with Beauty and the Beast comes from playing Kingdom Hearts oh, and yes. seeing those characters on screen yeah. in that way, which is basically just taken straight from the animated flick. But this uh, version of Lumiere, where he's basically a little uh, man almost who yeah. happens to be a candle, uh, is I really like the way they've gone with it. It's very, very impressive. He's very charismatic. You can oh. see why everyone in the castle just gets rolled up in its plans. Yeah, and he has a, a, the, yeah. the best accent, just like yeah. sucks you when you love hearing him talk and stuff. Yeah, it's interesting because not everyone's like doing a French accent, but then you get like him just super French. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, very, very good. I, I mean, I, I love, he's my favourite actor. I love you on the Yeah, me too. So, he's uh, great. And then Ian McKellen alongside him as Cogsworth. He's great as well. Perfect. Yeah. So good. I love his little bit right at the end after they've all been turned back with his uh, his wife. He's like, turn back into a clock. Turn back <laughs> yes. into a clock. Um, but he suits that role. Yeah. And then Emma Thompson as Miss Potts. Oh, she was great as well. I think she got the emotions right for, like, the mom and, like, that bit in the fight where she sees Mr. Potts. Yep. She's like, oh. Yeah, I, so I remember her being cast in this, like, when I was yeah. reading the initial announcement. And then when I went into this, I, I didn't even bother reading the cast before I went in. Yeah. And I was like, I know that voice, yeah, but no, I don't I know who it is. And then when she turned back at the end, it was like, oh, it's Emma Thompson. Uh, and she, yeah, she suits it great. Yeah. I love her her take on the song Beauty and the yeah. Beast. So good. Mm. That whole scene is, is, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get yeah. there, but it has a lot of magic about it. And then the other uh, one I wanted to note was I didn't realize Stanley Tucci, hey. Maestro Cadenza. That he, was cool. He turned back and I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, even I, even then though, I didn't recognise yeah. him when he turned back. I do apologise, sorry for the repeated sound effects. I will get my friends to stop messaging me. <laughs> yeah, so that's most of the main cast. I mean, there's obviously plenty of others, but uh, those are the ones that stand out for me. Uh, the director, Bill Condon, 
Uh, I went up looking. It's not got a, a a massive resume by any sense, but he does. He did direct Dreamgirls, oh, yeah. so he's got experience in a musical uh, film, and he also wrote the screenplay for Chicago. Yeah. So he's clearly knows his his way around the ropes of a musical film, and he does very well in handling yeah. them all here. I mean, Disney Disney kind of know what they want when they're yeah. going in anyway. They have a formula. They know how to stick to it. And uh, this is the. F- I mean, I've seen Maleficent. This is the first of the kind of traditional fairy tale remakes that I've seen yeah. in live action. I haven't seen Jungle Book or Cinderella or anything. I've seen Cinderella. That was really. I know. I've seen all three of them. Okay. Um, Cinderella was quite good. Um, I don't think it was a musical. No, it did have songs. I can't remember. To be honest, Jungle Book was fantastic. Yeah. They do they keep the music from that? Like, um, no, it's almost it's not a full ball. I think musical. a little bit. Yeah. I just want to go and watch the band necessities, really. That's, that's Yeah, I think that's in it. Yeah. Um, and Idris Elba is fantastic as the tiger. I love Idris Elba. He's Me great. too. He needs to be more things. Yes, I agree. Uh, the set and costumes for this. Wow, like, yeah. what a look. Yeah. Like, straight from the get-go, uh, that, like, they... I know, I seem like I'm... I'm worried that I seem like I'm blurting out, like, mm. unequivocal praise for this. Um, and maybe there won't be when we talk about the plot, I don't know. But it was yeah. just, I found, I think I'm mostly happy because I enjoyed something I wasn't necessarily expecting to be like, this mm. is going to be really good. Yeah. And so the set and costumes this, even the first scene, the song Bell, you know, like the, yeah. oh, the setup for the movie, this is after the set of the backstory of the Enchantress yeah. and all that. But the, uh, the bit in the village, like you bring that color to yeah. like, there's, I was deliberately focusing on the costumes and stuff and there's people wearing very, a choice of bright colors. Mm. Um, there's obviously the three girls who are pining after Gaston. And his outfit as well is really yeah. good. Uh, I just really like the, the way that they play with all the colour. Yeah, it's all very dynamic. Choices. And the, the the set inside the inside the car the Beast's Castle is yeah. really good. Mm. Especially, I think my favourite. It's a sentimental favourite, but uh, watching the uh, the backdrop of Be Our Guest and the animation yeah. for that was amazing. Just mm. the they, really, they they bring that Disney magic, which they yeah. know how to do so well, into it. And then there's obviously that classic Disney moment of the ballroom dance between mm-hmm. them, uh, which, again, I've already mentioned before and we will talk about, but that's yeah. very well recreated. Yeah. And then the score. So this is the big, a yeah. big part of this musical, this, uh, this film, obviously. There are all of the old songs do get touched up and brought back. And there's four new songs. Uh, so there's the aria, which is the very opening song in the um, taking place in the palace when yep. before, uh, so before the prince gets cursed. Uh, there's the song "Days in the Sun," which is sung by the servants of the household. Uh, there's "Evermore," which is sung by the beast um, in in one of quite a climactic moment and is probably my favourite new song. Mm. And then there's "How Does a Moment Last Forever," which is briefly in the film. Uh, sung by Maurice in uh, for from from a, a lyrical standpoint, and then that's played again, I believe, over some of the end credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think of the new songs? I really enjoyed them. It was interesting because I was like, "What's this?" I couldn't remember, and then I was like, "No, this is definitely new." Yeah. And I think the first one with um, like that set up the Beast's backstory. I think that was really like the whole scene was really well done. Like yeah. you could just tell that. The beast was a bit of a pompous dick. Like, yeah, he didn't look like I expected him to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know really know what I expected him to look like because when you think of Beauty and the Beast, you never because the prince in human form is in it for so little time. You yeah. never really think about what he looks like. Mm. But like that song really like fit in with all of that. Yeah, that that traditional like French monarchy yeah. kind of setting was really good, and and the aria was really good. I 
I mean, I enjoyed Days in the Sun and mm. How Does a Moment Last Forever. I think that How Does a Moment Last Forever, while Maurice is working on the model, yeah. like, is a nice little piece that kind of adds to the backstory yeah. and, and which we'll go into uh, into Belle's backstory later on in the plot. But Evermore is incredible. Mm. Um, and I have to make a correction, of, we believe it, it is actually sung by Dan Stevens, in which case more credit to him because... Yeah. It's incredible. I know that Josh Groban's recorded it separately. I don't know which version we use in the film, but if it was Dan Stevens, then kudos because mm. I really felt that moment in that song uh, as he climbs the tower watching Belle yeah, leave. Yeah, no, that was, was like, an amazing moment. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I was just like, because I, I knew that that song was, when it's, again, when I went into this, it's been a long time since I've seen Beauty and the Beast, I didn't know what song. I knew some of the famous old songs, but didn't know yeah. all of them. And I was like, is this new? Is this old? Uh, but I was pretty sure that this was new, and I was like, wow, this is a great addition. Yeah. And then all the old ones get touched up. We've already mentioned Belle is very faithful. Yeah. Like, uh, they even had the classic lines, like, you know, like, I need six eggs. Yeah. And it's just, I'm, I'm grateful that they kept the spirit of that, mm. that old one yeah. uh, in. And uh, Gaston, the song, uh, equally as rousing. Yes. They add plenty of new stuff to that one as well, yeah. which I enjoyed. He eats five dozen eggs. Yep. Perfect. Ah, <laughs> oh, the... The bit where he... Oh, no, I want to talk about that later on when yeah. we get to the song. Be Our Guest, we've already yeah. mentioned. Amazing. Yeah. So faithful and, and perfect. Uh, and Ewan McGregor, like, really... It's, it's almost... I was... Because you know how they do remakes and they're like, oh, we'll just edit the way that they sing it a bit and stuff. And, and they kept this super faithful. I was like, thank you. This yeah. is great. No. It's exactly what I, I think wanted. people know that Be Our Guest is such a like iconic song. Like it's been remade so many times for like different things like The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. Like Something There. It's kind of that, that song happens. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Beauty and the Beast, the other yeah. big one. Uh, Emma Thompson does a magnificent job. Mm. This is so moving and, and yeah. Uh, that's and then that's covered again later on, I think in the, the closing scene, the closing yeah. ball, but this time it's sung by Ariana Grande and John Legend, who do a nice oh. closing cover of it. And the uh, the other song is the mob song, the Kill the Beast one, yeah, uh, which is, I'm pretty sure is definitely um, sung by Luke Evans. Yeah. Uh, and that's also very good. But the music is great, magnificent. Yeah. I thought when going in, I was like, I would buy the soundtrack for this. No. Like, it was yeah. really good. So let's talk about the plot then. Um, we open up, with the the backstory scene, we've already mentioned the aria happens, so we're in the prince's castle, and we get that sort of very traditional fairy tale. I like how Disney how they fade into the film. Mm-hmm. You know, Disney's like opening little credits thing where yeah. they have the star go over the castle, but this time it's not the I think the traditional castle that's in there. It's actually uh, the Beast's castle mm. uh, or the Prince's castle at this point. I think the castle is. Pretty is much it? the same as the... Oh, okay. Like, I, I might be wrong. I can never but, remember which castle it is, cause I, but I'm only going because I was at Disneyland, like, within yeah, the last same. six months, and I was like, Because they do that? look very similar, but, like, you, they've already, like... I know that from the curse, some of it's dilapidated and it comes back, but I still don't think it's... I don't think it's all the castle. Yeah. But I think it matches. Okay, but it very well might be. I'm going to yeah. have to look that, that trigger up uh, later. Now, they fade into this. We get the, uh, the backstory with the Enchantress coming in. Mm. We don't know she's an enchantress, but you do yeah. kind of. Yeah, they, they, old hag walking in. Mm. Even later on in the film, the character Agatha yeah. in quotes, uh, like you, you know, you know yeah. she's the enchantress. They don't really make a point of hiding it, and so he's cursed, turns into the beast. I like that they hide the way he looks straight away, and you don't get to see it until later yeah. on. Uh, and then we get to Belle in the village, yeah. and we've already mentioned the song Belle kind of happens. It's a it's a very traditional looking village, and then mm. the big opening music for is kind of cool. Yeah. 
Emma Watson can sing too. Yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, she's really good. I uh, yeah. So we get this provincial life deal, and yeah. uh, she offends people. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I always right. felt so sorry for that baker. Yeah, she's just like same old roles. He's like, I work so hard <laughs> on these. Uh, we we get the addition here of like the uh, so this is where they bring in that song, uh, a moment lasts forever, mm. and. Uh, we Maurice is building his models and everything, and you kind of are hinted at this backstory about what happened with Belle's mother and stuff. I'm not sure. I'm not like I'm not 100 percent sure why they added this. Whether they felt that they needed to pad it out, or if if it's more maybe yeah. you feel more for the character when stuff happens in person. It's like that. Yeah, or maybe they just decided they needed a reason for her wanting the rose all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, they wanted to show why she wants a rose. Yeah, so obviously she, she wants more information about her mother and, and we don't find out till later on that her mother was actually had the plague. Yeah. And uh, and was killed by that and that they and that Maurice took her and left so that uh, so that they could be safe, basically. Yeah. I wonder whether maybe this is a way to enhance kind of that feeling, that need for protection for Maurice over mm. Belle. Yeah. because um, they obviously have a very strong relationship, uh, father daughter. Uh, Maurice is off to markets, uh, and the scene here with the wolves is, is but the, the animation of these is really good. Yeah, especially that one of the like scar. the scar. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, he's clearly the leader. <laughs> yeah, the badass wolf. Um, but uh, yeah, he's attacked. The like, uh, so is this this lightning strike thing, yeah. right? So basically, he's going down this path. He's already on an unfamiliar path, and there's a fork in the road. Yeah, lightning strikes a tree. It falls over and blocks the left one. So he goes down the right one, which ends up leading him to the beast's castle. Yeah. Is this orchestrated by the Enchantress to like make all the events of the story kind of happen? Because later on, when they come, when he comes back here with Gaston, the tree is not any longer struck down. Potentially, but it also feels like the Enchantress has made it so you can't find that castle. Like, but then, but then yeah. he's on the road that gets there, though. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? It's um. I mean, that was just my suspicion. I was like, oh, this. Yeah, they probably are. Like, because otherwise, how the hell would anyone ever find? Yeah. Um, I mean, can she read the future? We just don't know. But yeah. this was a bit, I was just a bit weirded out later on in the film when they come back and then he's like, the the tree is down or whatever. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, mm. I guess. It's interesting because in the book I read, the castle is all nice still, so it's snowing everywhere else, but the castle is nice in the summertime, so they reversed it. Yes, yeah, definitely. Which I think is more fitting because... Yeah. I have actually kind of skimmed over how, like, Belle is viewed in the village. Because they spend probably almost about a third to a, a almost yeah. a half of the book is spent in the village being like, here's Belle and she lives in the village and she's very, or here's, here's Beauty, as yeah. she's called in the book. And she's very nice. And everyone loves her. Yeah. And that's, like, everything. That's the whole story. Yeah, and then it is. It's like, no, no one likes her. She reads books. Yeah, she that tries actually. To invent we've things. also skimmed over that. So she's portrayed as very intelligent. This makes her an outcast because... Uh, women weren't supposed to read a lot mm. back then, which they mentioned very explicitly. Yeah. Uh, she's trying to teach a little girl, and they're like, um, you're trying to teach an- another girl to read? So more than one. It's yeah. Like, so they, she's made out to be a huge outcast, obviously. Yeah, yeah like, I'm just it, they've added so much. I mean, obviously, the, the focus of the story should be on the later parts with yeah. the Beast and, and, and the love story and, and with Gaston and all that. But this... The, this we're not talking about the book because there's hardly anything to yeah. talk about. There's just so little plot. One thing that I do like, and obviously this was a deliberate choice by Disney, is she's very strong-willed. Yeah. She says no mm. um, in both film and book. Yeah. She's very stubborn and strong-willed, and so they've kept that part of her character, which is uh, good. 
Yeah. It's a good good decision. So in the film, uh, Maurice ends up going down this road, is attacked by wolves. Uh, his horse saves him uh, from the wolves. I, I was. It's a, you have to suspend your disbelief. Yeah. You're suspending your disbelief in a movie in which a woman falls in love with a giant like yeah. creature thing. But like the horse comes and saves him right at the opportune moment. I was like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, and then they take him to the castle and he's obviously put in prison. You don't really see a lot of you just get him to see dragged off by yep. a big hulking creature as we get the very traditional kind of slow reveal up to what the beast is going to look like later on. Uh, and the horse runs back to the village, alerts Belle, and she makes her way over to the castle and, uh, and finds him. Uh, this is another kind of a major beat from the book as well, where Belle arrives in the castle and they trade places, basically. So the beast yeah. in the book offers her, right? He offers yeah. her the chance to swap. Yeah, in the book, the beast is like, you can swap, but like, no. In my version, the beast told the merchant to bring back one of his daughters, but the daughter had to consent to coming, and then he could swap places, but only if she consented to staying there. Yes, yeah, no, that's right. And then... She does, and so she stays. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and releases her father. And yeah. in the film version, what happens is that she kind of tricks Maurice. I saw it coming once once yeah. we were in there. I was like, uh, oh, yeah, she's going to spin him around and, and throw him out, which she did. Yeah. Uh, and so she takes his place, which surprises uh, the beast. Yeah. And um, so I, I was just thinking, which is the part where Chip comes in, because Maurice actually goes to the castle, yeah. leaves, and is then caught again as he's stealing a rose, yeah. which is why he's in prison. Yeah. Because uh, the Beast is obviously very fond of his roses. Mm. Uh, we haven't mentioned this because it's kind of such a staple, but, you know, when the last petal falls from the rose. Yeah. And the rose is an entirely new invention here as well. Like, it just adds that time pressure yeah. onto the film and another bit of uh, conflict. But, uh, yeah, so he's put in, in prison for stealing the rose and then Belle comes and trades places with him and he heads back to the village to try and save her. So Belle is... So the difference here is that... Uh, Belle in the book, uh, after being imprisoned, yeah. is that like given a room or basically yeah. willingly by the beast who yeah. provides her with a, a nice apartment because he basically already likes her. Yeah, and the beast has given us like her dad stuff to take home. Yeah, yeah, he's really he's a great guy. Yeah, he's a great, great guy. guy. <laughs> uh, whereas in the he's like you know um you will, once this door closes it will never open and stuff like that. And then uh, we're introduced more formally to uh, Lumiere. Yeah. Uh, who comes and provides her with her own very nice room. He kind of fakes that that the Beast is giving her all this, but this is also because they have a vested interest in yeah. in her being the one. But he does that. They do... It's not that like they're kind of forcing it to happen or anything, because they do recognise that she's very different. And, you know, yeah. I think they say later on, once she you know, saved her own father, that was the moment when he kind of knew. So we're introduced to Lumiere, Cogsworth, Miss Potts, the whole crew, basically. Yeah. Um, she comes to meet the people in the castle. Uh, I like the um, the wardrobe. Yes, that's her. We didn't mention her in the casting, uh, but uh, very. I like the the attitude and the yeah thing that they do with her. It's kind of cool. And it's the horrible dress. Oh, she it's awful! I love that it's just like it's basically so stiff. It's just a set piece. Yeah. And she just basically slides straight up under it. It's still standing up. Yeah. Uh, so Belle kind of meets the servants and everything. Uh, she's kind of provided food. The Beast doesn't end up putting her back in in prison or whatever because. He's slowly, slowly brought around to the idea that, that this could be something by yeah. her servants and everything. But she, um, after dinner one night, like she goes and finds the rose, yeah. uh, which is in the, it's a nice glass case and everything, and the beast catches her and like flings her out, like terrifies her. Basically. Yeah. There's still this, this, this bit of fear is very heavy on early here. Yeah. 
which obviously provides more credence to the song later on, uh, something that that's something there. Yeah. Um, so they're building up, like, like, she's afraid of him and she's, like, trying to escape and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I love that Miss Potts comes in and sees the the rope. The, the rope that she's made to kind of escape from the high tower. And she's just like, yeah, cool, whatever. It's all yeah, good. Like, it's we, can't, we can't force you yeah. to, uh, to leave or anything. She does end up running away uh, and is runs set into the same pack of wolves that, uh, that her yeah. father met earlier. And she ends up being saved by the beast. Yeah. Uh, who takes a couple of wounds for her in the process, and she very nicely helps him back to the castle, even though she has the opportunity to leave. So yeah. she is shown to be a very kind-hearted, yeah. good-natured person. Uh, back in the village, uh, we again, we, so we're going to revisit the opening scene here. So Maurice, as he returns, goes to Gaston. Yeah. Gaston, the opening scenes of this is great, like his introduction. Yeah. He kind of rides in the town um, on his horse with Lefou and everything. And he really, like, he's... I like that they've already established that he knows Belle and has yeah. been trying to woo her for a while. Yeah. And he comes back in and he's just like obsessed with himself and everything. It's yeah. great. Him in, in the opening song, him wandering around the town is fantastic. Like he's trying, he's trying to make his way to the people and bring her flowers and everything. That's great. Um, his character is so problematic. Like he's like, I will pursue her until she just gives in and says yes, which I feel like is like you can compare that to the modern dating scene where you get a lot of men who are like, you know, if I just hang around, yeah, yeah, like they, have, they feel so like they have a right. Uh, but but that, that's definitely a deliberate choice yeah. by Disney. You know, they've gone with this very explicit. Like he's, I like that because he's he's not a bad character. I, I like Gaston because he's a villain with motive, mm. uh, and you know he's not just like I want power. I want yeah. I want things for reasons. Yeah. Like he wants someone's hand in marriage and that and the way that he approaches it and his attitude towards her makes him explicitly a bad person. No, it's so disgusting. I think this is less like he's a bit less rapey than in the cartoon. The yeah, cartoon yeah. he comes across as like oh, like he's still bad in this. Like you can definitely go, no, not not a good person. Yeah. But like it's slightly less Yeah. I think they've got the do you think they kinda of got it to the right amount though? I think so. Yeah. I wonder whether, like, because it's more human, you kind of have to tone that back. I mean, I don't know whether they originally had him more or less in any in some variation, but I think they they strike a good balance here yeah. of finding how like nefarious he is and his because yeah. he definitely his. Oh, at times I like listening to some of his dialogue. I was like, oh, you are a terrible person. Yeah. Um, and he was, but that's good because that makes him genuinely dislikable as a villain. Yeah. No, you like. Which is what you want. Like, even the little things he does, like, because they, they do, there, there are those bits that are very, where he's explicitly, again, not rapey or anything, but he's, yeah. his attitude is incredibly dark yeah. towards her, like, because he's just like, I will make her my wife, and mm. was, he has no regard for what she wants, basically. He's yeah. like, I'll just lower her guard. Yep. Uh, but there's also those kind of goofy Disney moments where, yeah. like, he's stepping on the cabbages on his way over to it. Yeah. You know? it's, it's, it all combines to make, like, a, a, a good villain, basically. Mm. It's interesting because it's so popular at Disney World and Disneyland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But the villains always are. Like, yeah. they're, I mean, they're, they're, magnet, they're magnetic, I think, yeah. I guess is the way I'd put it. Because, I mean, even Scar, who's not a human or anything like that, is it's a character that you, you appreciate being on screen. Mm. Like, I wonder, maybe the... I, from a movie I've not seen, the the one that comes to, kind of comes to mind is someone that I not don't enjoy seeing on screen. Cause again, I haven't seen it, uh, but is uh, is it Frollo in uh, The Hunchback? I think he's the oh, the, yeah. the villain, and I've not seen that. But whenever I see a picture of him, I'm like, oh, you you don't belong on another screen or anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe I need to watch that before I make judgment. 
Anyway, Maurice, so uh, where we are chronologically, Maurice goes back to the village uh, and he's like, there's a beast, there's a beast. And then they do the, the Gaston song yeah. um, where all the townspeople are praising him and stuff. It, it, it's very well recreated. I like the um, like the spits yeah. uh, that they do uh, into the bucket and everything. Again, my favourite moment, so I mentioned this earlier, is when uh, he's talking about, you know, I, I ate five dozen eggs uh, every morning to help me get large and blah, blah, blah. And so he lifts this girl up on his arm. And then he lifts LeFou up on the other arm. I was like, oh, yeah. that's great. That's perfect. Because it's it's obviously, like, done by some sort of, um, like not CGI, but some sort of practical effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but but watching it, I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's <laughs> yeah, great. Is. I love it. And I love the little interactions that they, like, Lef- we haven't talked a lot about LeFou because uh, he is just a sidekick for the most part, but he really enhances that character, and mm. and and Josh Gad makes him his own as well. Like he, um, I love the way that he uh, gets everyone else to to bring it in, and and his little moments with Gaston, where he's kind of like subtly like pulling him in. Yeah. There's a bit earlier. I think you mentioned this is one of your favorites, where Gaston's talking to himself in the mirror. Yeah. You see him talk, say, saying like, um, "Oh, you're so uh, good looking," blah blah blah, and you think he's talking to Belle, yeah. and he's actually looking in a mirror. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, um, when he leaves, he like, looks in the mirror, he's like, I'm not finished with you yet. And then uh, LeFou comes along and, he's like, and looks in the mirror, he's like, me neither. Yeah. There's, there's lots of nice little moments that really uh, service that character well, I guess. Yeah. But so this this song happens and uh, and Maurice basically convinces, well, he doesn't convince Gaston to go kill the beast. He's just like, oh, this the, is a chance for me. Yeah, Gaston's like, well, maybe I can marry Belle if I do this for him. Because yeah. uh, he, he's kind of like, oh, if I impress the father, I'll, I'll get his daughter's hand in marriage. Because he's trying, I guess, to be to do things the right, in quotes, yeah. way for back then. They get about as far as the, the fork in the road, which we mentioned earlier. Yep. Because Gaston doesn't necessarily believe the beast exists. He's just following Maurice to kind of do what he wants. Because they, they do think he's crazy. Yeah. And uh, ends up, like, knocking him out. He gives him a hard punch. Yeah. I was like, okay, violence. And then cool. he ties him to a tree. Yeah, yeah, ties him to a tree and leaves him to be eaten by wolves. It's like, yeah. okay. Did that happen in the original? No. I, I, don't... I don't think so. He does get charted off as being crazy, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder whether, like, they came... I don't know how they came to believe the beast in the original animated film. No, I don't remember. I'd have to rewatch it. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. So Maurice is eventually saved by the Enchantress and taken back to to town. Uh, we'll revisit it. We'll revisit that later because it's all happening concurrently with what's back at the castle. Uh, so, uh, as is in the original tale, like uh, Belle spends more time uh, at the castle with the beast. We kind of get it's not a montage per se, but yeah. it sort of is. I think it's happening during a song, isn't it? Um, we get him, first we get him nursing him back to health. Oh, this is something start, that yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, and then we get the songs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so she brings him back to health. Uh, he lets her visit the library because yeah. he's actually a book nerd, apparently. Yeah. That was, um, that was nice. Yeah, I love his reaction to Romeo and Juliet where he's like, blah. Yeah, yeah. But it's, that's a character moment. You yeah. Know? It's something that lets you identify because all the boys are like, oh, yeah, that's that's me. I hate yeah. romance. Yeah. Um, And I guess if you're bringing young boys to this, you do kind of need I mean... They will go see it because there's a monster in it, yeah. and it's nice that they can have a moment. Mm. And so she gets to visit the library, she's really impressed, and they start, like, slowly falling in love or whatever. Yeah, and then they um, get the I don't know, she's is she she's not really free to go, I guess, at this point, um, no. but she's not, she doesn't particularly want to leave, so it's never really explored how much of a prisoner she is here. Yeah, it's only, like, when you get that 
point a bit later on where she's like, well, I'm not really, how can I be affectionate towards you if I'm not free? Yeah, exactly, yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely come to that point. Um, I think one of the moments that kind of really pushes their relationship forward is uh, is added by this edition of the Enchantress's book. Yeah. So this is this book that the Enchantress cursed him with. I'm assuming it's because... So basically she's cursed him by giving this book that can, in your head, can take you anywhere. So you just imagine a place and it'll take you there in your imagination or whatever, but it'll be very, very vivid. Yeah. But obviously the curse is that he can't really visit any of these places in real life because he's a beast. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of meant to punish him, I guess, which is kind of rude. Yeah. But whatever, he was rude to her. Uh, he decides to let Belle take her, take them anywhere she wants. And she, the place that she want, most wants to go is back to where her mother was. And so they are taken to, I, I'm assuming they're taken to the current state of the building or something like that. Um, yeah. Because it wouldn't, it didn't take them back in time or anything. No. But if it was a plague building, it wouldn't have been reopened. Yeah, exactly. I don't think so. And they, they mention it's run down and stuff yeah. like that. But basically, they take him back to this old windmill house where they used to live, and uh, the beast noticed a plague doctor's mask. He recognises that because that's how his mother died. Yeah. Uh, which is a, a nice... You don't know how nice it is or how contrived it is, basically, that both their mothers happen to die of the plague or whatever. It's like Batman and Superman. Yeah, I know, right? We're also, like, we learn... Through, again, some small moments in the film that mm. uh, the Beast's father was a terrible person who yeah. kind of moulded him. This is why the servants still follow him, because they're like, he's not a bad person at heart. Yeah. He's just kind of been shaped that way. Yeah. And so, but his mother was taken by the plague, and so it was Bells, and so they you know, bond over that, I guess, and uh, are taken back. And we get, this is the point uh, where we get the dance. Uh, this is great. I love the, the setup for all of this. Yeah. Um, him getting like ready for the dance yeah, the is really cool. That, it is so cute when he's like, "Oh, but what if she doesn't? Why did I do this? I'm such a I can. Everyone can I think identify without its points being that nervous. And yeah, like, ah. I mean, like that that moment where they're kind of giving him dating advice yeah. per se is just funny. Like it's really it's it's sweet. Mm. Um, uh, I yeah, I just enjoy them. Yeah. He's, he's, he's such a teenager at this yeah. moment in time. It's it's cool. It's humanising. Yeah, and when you see him get his, like, makeup done, <laughs> just got the stupid wig on again. Yeah. The... Yeah. I mean, we've not talked... There's there's a lot of... We mentioned earlier when we were talking about casting, but, like, the, I in, I do enjoy the character moments that um, that Dan Stevens uh, brings here to the to the Beast, while he, even though he's in this mask and stuff, but yeah. there's that moment where they ask him to smile. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you get that like gross, terrible beast smile, and there's the, the moment where he first cracks a joke yeah. and stuff like that. It's really good. Like he really, yeah, he makes you feel for a character that you might not otherwise. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess they have to because you have to understand why she's falling in love with him. Yeah. Well, she's just a fairy at heart. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> Are they all the Disney characters? <laughs> so they have the dance in the ballroom and everything. It's yeah. lovely. The lighting, the effects. I yeah. mean, they, they put on a lot of effects for this, obviously. But yeah. It's beautiful. Like yeah, it's, it's there's that the traditional moment when you see a montage of yeah. Disney stuff is the camera panning around Beauty and the Beast yeah. as they circle and dance in the ballroom, and they recreate that here. And I think everyone would have expected them to because I would have been disappointed not mm. to see it. I was waiting for it. Yeah, it feels like such you're watching such an intimate moment. Like you don't often get that with like movies with stuff like this, but you can really like feel everything. And Emma that. Thompson is great as yeah. well, seeing Beauty and the Beast. It's amazing. Mm. Her accent suits it really well. Mm. Yeah, I just I really enjoyed it. It was uh, it was a moment where I wasn't sure if I was going to be like, 
sentimental or not, but I really was. And considering yeah. that I hadn't seen the animated movie in a long time, I was like, that's impressively done. Hmm. And I'm assuming there's a lot of people who probably haven't seen the movie in quite a while yeah. either. Uh, back in the village, uh, Maurice has kind of returned uh, before Gaston can uh, and accused him to the villagers of trying to kill him. Yeah. Gaston twists this around. He very, like, surprisingly manages yeah. to... I was surprised, right? So when there's that character, like, the barkeep or whatever. Yeah. And he, the whole time, like, before this, has seemed like 100% hostile to Maurice. And then when Gaston comes in, he's like, did you try and kill Maurice? I was like, you hate Maurice. Yeah. At every point so far, you've hated Maurice. Why are you acting like... Why would anyone believe him? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, why would they accuse a guy who they just sung a song about of, like, trying to do stuff like that? So, I don't know. That was one bit where I was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure I believe that. No. But, you know, uh, Gaston twists it around, uh, calls Maurice crazy, says they need to put him in an insane asylum. And while this is happening, Belle has gotten a hold of Beast's mirror that shows whatever you are. It's a magic mirror. Yeah. There's just lots of convenient magic items in this. Yeah. Uh, that allows you to see whatever you would like. And so she has to see her father. This is right after the dance. Yeah. And she sees him being tossed around and getting ready to be thrown into, like, a... They're basically, they're going to put him in a mental asylum. Yeah. And Gaston is doing this because he figures if he gets rid of her, she won't have anyone to look after her. Yeah. And the only way to avoid being a spinstress like <laughs> Agatha uh, is uh, if she gets a husband, basically, yeah. who will be him, the most eligible bachelor. Uh, but so she sees this in the mirror and the beast in in a touching moment is like, go. Yeah. Even though he knows that now, he now knows because he's like, I love her. Yeah. Um, and he's expressed this to the servants and everything. Uh, basically has to let her, if you, you know, if you love them, let them go, whatever, yeah. and they'll come back to you if, if that's what's the thing. And so he lets her go, and they're all disappointed and everything, uh, and this is where he sings the song Evermore, mm-hmm. which is great, suits the moment for, uh, perfectly, the voice is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm planning on downloading the soundtrack now after we're done, because I feel so fondly about this song. I think we, like, the only thing about that song, I was like, he's not even in the tallest tower. Like, he, it pans back and he's in, like, the second tallest Oh. The second tallest tower just doesn't have quite that ring to it. I know, but like he can't like he could probably see her for. for I actually don't know because it looks like one's in front of the other. It is like, it is well choreographed. Yeah. Like I like him going around to the different angles on yeah. all the windows and stuff. Like that that's really and well you done. Think he's at the top of the tower, but then he climbs some more. Yeah, yeah, and he's just sad at the top of the tower yeah. for a little while after that. Yeah, but like, and you see like Emma's yellow dress like in the background that's really well oh we didn't mention that moment either oh, yeah. where um where they're being where she's being dressed in in that it's it is it's an, again an iconic dress like yeah. the yellow uh and gold embroidered dress and i like the moment where that's getting put on and then all the the gold from the roof which is you know magically like comes down and, and creates the details on the dress mm. that's such a good i was like oh wow that looks great yeah she returns uh, she's also thrown into the yeah. The, the, uh, what is it? The carriage? Yeah, she shows him the beast in the mirror, and then they're like, no, we have to kill him. And Gaston's like, ah, perfect, I will take this. Yeah. And he's like, I like his phrase, he's like, hero time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good phrase, because um, he's so narcissistic. Yeah. But he basically shows them and incites uh, fear, a fear mob, and they all go off, march off singing the, uh, I think it's actually called the mob song, but it's also yeah. known as Kill the Beast. And you get some of the, like, shot-for-shot shot bits from the um, cartoon to that as well. Like, the bit where he's, like, on the carriage or whatever. Yes. From the... They've clearly gone through and picked a, yeah. uh, quite a few moments from that original. I, I'd be interested to go back, having watched it so recently now, and to see yeah. what they take exactly from the animated fair. Um, that'd be that'd be cool. Uh, 
I'm sure there's an internet article somewhere about it, so I'll yeah, have to read it up. Yeah, but split screen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, none of the, we're only talking about the film here because this, none of this happens. Yeah. Does she? She just returns to him, right? Like. Yeah, I think he starts like. She, she sees him, so she sees him sad near the rose bushes. Yeah, she has a dream about him dying at the rose bushes. Yeah, so and she, she returns to him straight away, and yeah. then he's magically cured. Yeah. So there's just none of this plot happening, which is why we're not talking about the the book or the way that it's adapted. <laughs> so while they're they're busy locked up and escaping, yeah, uh, in a nice callback to the opening scene where she kind of helps him to build his little models by providing she knows what he needs. She knows that he needs a, a little, like, tool, a hairpin to pick yep. the lock with of the thing. So I like that little callback. That was cool. Yeah. While they're doing that, the mob has already broken into the, the castle. Basically, the beast is is not bothered. No. He's just like, let them come, because he's very sad that, yeah. that she's gone. He's also like, oh, maybe she sent them. Maybe that's what, what she feels. Yeah, there's a, so Gaston uh, starts his climb towards the top of the tower. Belle, and, uh, Belle is on the way back. Yeah. I love the fight between yeah. the servants and the mob. Yeah, I love that they're like, well, maybe we can scare them out, and it doesn't quite work, but then it starts to. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, there's no way they can fight them. There's like six of them, but I mean, there's lots of, uh, you're just supposed to believe that there's, there were probably plenty of other miscellaneous yeah. servants in the castle and there's lots of magic around the walls mm-hmm. and it does defend itself. Um, but I like the fight scene. I like, uh, so LeFou gets trapped under the piano and Gaston leaves him. Yeah. So at this point in a lot of like media like this, you would, you would assume that that's something you would assume would happen, but that the sidekick will just continue to like eventually follow yeah. them blindly or whatever. I like that in this, like, LeFou is like, well, we were on, you know, good terms before, but uh, not so great now. So he yeah. actually is like, wow, he's treating me like garbage. Yeah, and... well, I think you see that with the, like, because you can see that there's a turn of, like, t- conscience for him where um, he ties Maurice up. He's like, no, that's not okay. Can we go back and get Maurice back? And then, like when he accuses Maurice of being insane as well, you can tell that he's a bit like, oh, this isn't good either. So, like, it clearly was, like, the final straw, and he's like, no, now I'm not yeah. with them anymore. Yeah, no, I, I, and I, I like that. Like, yeah. I like that it's a definitive turn. He's like, right, now I'm on... And so he basically uses Mrs. Potts as a weapon to spray, yeah. like, tea over people. She seems to have... She's been able to fill a lot of water mm. in that teapot. I was like, okay, yeah, magically reappearing water, whatever. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, Gaston climbs to the top of the tower and there is this moment where, where, cause he meets, he meets up with the beast and he's like, Belle sent me. I was like, oh, my heart. Yeah. I was like, no, it's so bad. Cause you've, oh, cause, and the reason, the reason I felt like that is because I'd created this emotional connection to the, yeah. the beast character, which is good. You know, that's, that shows that the film is, uh, being well constructed. I mean, look, I'll be honest, like I cry at almost every remotely emotional film that I see and I did at the end of this one. So I suspect that I just connect two characters easier than than some other people might yeah. find it. Uh, but but I'm probably not alone in this. I uh, would be my guess because yeah. they have done a good job of characterizing and making him human. Uh, and and you feel for him in this moment where Gaston tells him that because he's like, no, he's lying, he's lying. And you yeah. but the thing and you're and you're worried because you think he might believe him. Yeah, but you can see like the beast has given up to a pit, like point. So like. I think he does give up slightly. Like, you can see he's trying to fight, but not really. Mm, yeah, yeah. He's more just, like, vague. He's defending himself and never making any point of yeah. fighting off. Because the, the last panel is all, all, also about to fall, so yeah. he knows that there's not much time left regardless. It's just a lot of stuff has conspired against him, and he's kind of almost given up. Yeah. And what happens next is that uh, he, he he's, like, shot once and then, like, climbs onto another tower, and Gaston is kind of chasing him around, and then... Belle arrives at the castle, makes her way up there, and 
he sees her and so his faith is restored that she came back. Yep. I like, I think they timed that really well as well. Like they didn't make it too long or too short before he saw her and like Gaston arriving. Mm. Eventually it gets to the point where he's beaten up for a little bit by Gaston and then gets the better of him. Yeah. Um, as he does decide to fight. Uh, and has the opportunity to kill him, doesn't. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the way it was in the original. Yeah. They they don't like their characters that, that are heroes to, to kill other that's, characters. Yeah, my probably one of my favourite beats as well in the movie is when like Gaston calls him a beast while he's like in a chokehold, and Beast responds with, I am not the beast, and yeah. puts him back down. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that's that a was... strong moment. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, Gaston is Gaston. He... Goes and shoots him again. Uh, this ends up being a fatal shot, basically. It's also Gaston's downfall because the time that he takes to shoot him yeah. uh, puts him on one of the crumbling walkways, I guess, for too long, and he falls down to his death. Yep. There's a moment that Disney kind of liked to repeat because this happened in Tarzan as well. Yeah. Where Clayton, while he's shooting Tarzan or whatever, falls down and hangs himself from the ropes. Oh, yeah. It's very violent, come Doesn't to think happen of it. in like, Lion King as well. Or Sky, I, well, yeah, Scar. Scar. Who else? There's a few of them. Yeah. But it is always that, I mean, I get their point is that, you know, that the villain kind of creates their own downfall. Yeah. And in a kid's movie, it would, it would suck yeah. to see the hero killing someone. Yeah, the beast just rips his head off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the beast does die here. Like, he, yeah. he um, is very sad. He says that he, uh, well, Belle says that she loves him. And there are little moments throughout this whole fight where we've seen Agatha arriving at the castle, mm. just kind of wanders through the chaos. <laughs> Uh, and then sees the beast. She's like, oh, she loves him. I guess that's cool. Yeah. And brings the beast back to life. Right as this is happening, the pedal has fallen. I can't like, basically right as he's died or whatever, but the servants uh, transform back into, or they transform into permanent versions of like the things that they are. This is where I cried. Yeah, I was like, it was no. A, it was a bit like heartbreaking watching like um, Lumiere like hold his like, yeah, is, what's her name? I don't know. Yeah, his wife and yeah. her, like, turning. That's a bit like... That was very oh. sad. And Cogsworth as well, like, yeah. and they were talking about how they're all buddies and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was... it was It's a tragic moment. But, yeah. Um, uh, that, that was where I felt most, I think, throughout the whole film. Because, again, I've said Lumiere's, like, the show stealer in this. Yeah. And, and it's, it, he's the last one to turn back. So you're like, oh, he has to watch all his friends, like, first. Uh, but then, like, that, that's very, very temporary. And then... We're all happy again. The, uh, the the sun comes back. There's that great shot of the castle uh, being bathed in sunlight and returning to its original splendor and everything. And the uh, the servants turn back into humans. It's weird to see them as humans again yeah. for the first time because you've kind of gotten to know them as you know as furniture. I love how Cogsworth's like mustache is slightly like yeah yeah. I was like, like is that intentional? But if it is, it's great. Yeah, no, I, I like that. You see a bunch, a lot of them reunite with their partners and stuff, yeah. uh, uh, like Cogsworth. I, I found it strange that some of their partners had been the people in the mob. Yeah. I was like, oh. But it seems like the magic made them forget about the castle. Yes, that is true. Yeah, yeah. Like, this um, place looks familiar, but they couldn't work out why. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I think at the time of watching, I had forgotten about that, and then later on getting I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, but when I was watching, I was like, oh, why are they doing that? They're jerks. <laughs> uh, but... Mrs. Potts uh, meets back up with her, who is her husband, who's the barkeep, yeah. and Cogsworth's wife is one of the the, the leading mob woman, I guess. Mm. And the beast turns back into a prince. I was like, oh, he looks like a surfer. <laughs> yeah, because of his 
Because he wanders out in like these jean short things and his like long blonde hair. No, it's very everything. weird. Like he does not look like he doesn't look robe. princely. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable why. Like you know, I wasn't expecting him to magically have a robe back on and everything. It's just it was just a funny sight seeing him walk yeah. back out and um, seeing him reconnect with the servants and everything. It's it's a nice moment, and then we get the big end ball scene, which I'm assuming is their wedding. Yeah, that was I can't tell, but like more than likely. Yeah. I but do, it, everyone's on good terms yeah. and everything. I do like that little bit where she's like, you should grow a beard. And yes. And growls back at her. Yeah, and, it, and it's in the Beast's voice as well. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. I, I like that. Uh, LeFou is now part of their, their gang as well. Yeah. Everything. So it was cool. And that's, that's basically the end of the movie. Hmm. Uh, the book ends on similar terms, I guess. I mean, she just returns to him and they live happily ever yeah. after. I like, I like the book. With, the book has like the evil stepsister sort of thing going on. But uh, I like that, like, they marry people who end up hating them and everything. I see that didn't happen in mine. Really? No. Oh wow. Yeah, but that's the uh, the end of the movie. Mm. I like the big sweeping shot yeah. as well as they finish off like to the whole ballroom deck because they're singing to Beauty and the Beast again. Yeah. The thing I find surprising about the like fairy tale is like unlike most fairy tales, like the grim ones, you expect them to be dark and horrible, and then this one is just like, yeah, whatever, nothing happened. Yeah, so that's basically, that's that's all we got. Um, uh, so do you have a thumbs down or a thumbs up for the movie in the book? Thumbs up for the movie, thumbs down for the book. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. happens. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to talk about something because there's always nothing to talk about. Yeah. It's so short. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of a similar problem to what we had with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's just that they're so... I mean, this this is better, I guess, in that there's a vague plot that the, the larger story of the Disney movie follows. There's the, the characters in the book are cutouts. I mean, again, we read it was an instruction manual for arranged marriages, so there's not kind of a lot to review about it, really. Like it's it's everything you would expect something like that to be. Yeah. And uh, but the the movie is great. Um, it, I had uh, less expectations, and they were well exceeded. Mm. So I um, definitely thumbs up for the movie and thumbs down for the book. Really, this. Yeah. I'd give it a thumbs up, but it's like because if. There's nothing to thumbs up. It's just, it's so, it's like, yeah, there's, there's nothing, nothing there. Yeah, no. It's not a lot to speak of. Uh, so, what, outside of Beauty and the Beast, what have you been into lately? Oh, nothing at the moment. Nothing? It's too much going on. Are you watching Legion? I've watched three episodes. It's really good. I need to watch all of it. Legion's probably one of my favourite X-Men. Okay. See, I don't know a lot about him comic-wise, uh, but like, I, I know what the character is and, and, yeah. and things like that, but I don't think I've really read anything. The, the last run of um, X-Men Legacy was focused on him, um, and it's right after Professor X dies. Okay. And so he wants to follow on, like, Professor X's, like, legacy of, like, you know, mutants and humans getting along. But he thinks his dad went around about it the wrong way, and it's it's really interesting, especially since, like, he has, like, thousands and thousands of powers, but that's all, like, mo- multiple personalities and so he's been a villain quite a bit in the comics and yeah. so no one trusts him yeah I mean I'm, I'm hoping I can have some time to sit down and watch that series because it think, looks yeah. really good and it said the reviews seem good as well yeah it's set in an alternate reality to um set in a different universe to the X-Men movies yeah I, I assumed it would be I think kinda... originally it was supposed to be in the same one and I think I decided it was easier for him not to yeah Marvel must have it so tricky trying to deal with all of their properties being like, yeah. put around like that. Like, they'll be, I'm sure it's a good problem to have, like, because they'll be making tons of money. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think of what I've been into lately, really. Yeah. Oh, I did watch Arrival. 
yeah. Uh, which we were, I wanted to do on this podcast. Um, so I, I'd read the short story for this. Uh, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Um, but uh, it's basically a, the, the the story of Arrival is basically about you know aliens land on Earth. They're not remotely like us. Like there's twelve ships, and it's mostly about the translation of the language. Yeah, which makes it so different from everything else. And I love, love, love the movie. It was yeah, it's, really it's fantastic. Good. I was disappointed that I was watching it on an airplane screen. You yeah. know, like it was so small. But uh, the movie was great. No, yeah, it's it's very good sci-fi happening lately. I think Guardians of the Galaxy might have pushed that, like in terms of sci-fi happening yeah. again, because we kind of that and the resurgence of Star Wars and yeah. Star Trek is definitely. I mean, they're they're kind of more formulaic, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I think but, Guardians happened first, and now we're getting all this like uh, Valerian, like the like city of a thousand worlds, ten thousand. I don't remember. Yeah. that looks amazing. Yes, no, I agree. I mean, Space is just big at yeah. the moment, you know. Like people love space but films. Life, that alien type movie. You've got any alien movies? I'm not. I'm not. I saw the trailer for Life, and uh, I was like, nope, I'm out. Pass. <laughs> Fair enough. I uh, it it scares me too much. Uh, that's pretty much it for this week's podcast. Uh, next week we're going to be doing Lord of the Rings, nice. the Fellowship of the Ring. That's why I think we picked such a short book this yeah. time because. <laughs> I've already started re- I like I started reading Fellowship so early for this because I'm like we've so much to get through. Yeah, and Tolkien's a bit hard to read. I think. I don't know. I've not been. It's been a long time since I read, yeah. uh, like any of the Lord of the Rings books or The Hobbit or anything like that. But I've been reading the first few chapters. I'm I'm aware that later on, like when you get into the lore and and the yeah. songs and the language and stuff, that it can drag a bit at times. But getting into that, like reading the opening chapters about Hobbit and everything, I was like, cool, I'm down for this. Nice. This is a nice uh, nice little retrospective. Yep. And, uh, I mean, the book, the movies are so great. Hmm. I'm going to find it hard to say bad things about them if the time comes. But, uh, yeah. You can find and contact us at wereadthebookgmail.com and on Twitter at readthebookpod. We've also got Tumblr, which I can't remember the address for. Lois will have to remind me. Uh, and you can, of course, subscribe to us on iTunes. We appear every fortnight, usually on a Tuesday or Wednesday. We would love for you to review and rate the podcast. It just helps us to get it out there. Uh, and that's pretty much all I have to say on the subject for now. Uh, between me and Bron, we are the Beauty and the Beast. You'll have to pick which one is which. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Sweater. There's no better than authentic Irish setter. See this hat? Twas my cat, my evening wear vampire bat. These white slippers are albino, African endangered rhino. Being adults is hard. You have to refresh your supplies of things. They don't yeah, just no. magically reappear. It's awful.